Welcome to Trends with Benefits, real estate investing with Dale Creed Francis and Ryan Litvin. We strive to bring an open, honest, and transparent approach to real estate investing by informing and educating listeners about the real-world benefits, issues, and challenges investors need to know when it comes to direct participation real estate. This podcast is where you can learn the latest trends, innovations, and opportunities available to help build wealth, create income, and diversify your portfolio. So get ready for another informative, fast-paced, and entertaining episode of Trends with Benefits. Welcome. Hey, we're glad to have you with us here again for this uh, direct participation real estate podcast here. I'm Dale Creed Francis. I have got a fresh cup of coffee in my hand and I'm not afraid to use it. And I'm with my co-host here, Ryan Litvin. And this podcast is about, we're going to be covering the life cycle of an investment from the initial commitment to the distribution phase. And so the, the topics here include the, the project selection, development, and we'll talk about the investor portal and the functionality of that and so on. And so let's go ahead and get, we'll get rolling here. Um, again, I'm Dale Creed Francis and Ryan Liffin's going to do most of the heavy lifting for this particular podcast because I'm going to turn it over to him here in, in just really a second. And what we call this, again, is the life cycle of direct participation, real estate investing or of an investment and how it works all the way from start to finish. So, uh, Ryan, take it away. Yeah, we've developed kind of, uh, you know, through the years, we wanted to be more informative for people that are maybe new to this. You know, we have a lot of people on our network that uh, maybe are real estate professionals or have multiple real estate investments, but we also have... Uh, we find a lot of people who just want access and want to be involved, uh, but maybe don't have that experience and they want, you know, or maybe are just getting to know us and right. they want to kind of know or, or manage expectations a little, uh, a little bit better. So that's where this life cycle of a DPRE investment uh, came from. And that's the, uh, the uh, preface for our podcast today. When we start out first, you know, there's, there's projects and buildings going up and you think, okay, you know, kind of like I used to think, who, who does these, who owned these, who, you know, is it one person? Is it multiple? Uh, what determines why it's going there? I mean, it looks like a good spot, but why? And that really gets into the initial steps of the research and the project selection. So there's multiple things that go into this from location demand studies, demographic analysis and studies, uh, what's the supply assessment, uh, both past, present, well, past, present, and future. Uh, what's future, current competition? And we do the analysis on that. Uh, if you don't know, we're heavily involved uh, in all of these projects. We're real estate developers. Uh, we invest and own each one of these projects as well, along with investors. So there's extensive extensive research and project selection that goes into uh, the initial stages of that project. After we've identified, all right, this fits our mold, this fits our criteria, this doesn't go outside of the box of what we know uh, and expect to work, then we're going to go and look and secure our project partners. Now, we've built relationships and a rapport um, and history with many different partners over the years. We have a dedicated team uh, from operations, from um, 
building, construction, all of these things that include architects, development team, that might be just us alone developing it or co-developing it with another developing uh, company, uh, contractors, subcontractors, construction crews, city officials, property management, uh, investors, all of those things, securing our projects and determining, okay, how is this project going to be structured and be be done? Because every project is different depending on where, what, and when. Probably the number one question I get from people is, how, how did you get started with this and get to where you are? And you know, that's a, that's a big question because I, my answer is always, it takes time and it takes partnerships and it takes relationships and network building over years, because you don't just get the idea today and tomorrow have 5,000 rental units. I mean, it took us years. Well, and a lot of that started even before Vincent was born. Uh, Vincent, we started Vincent in 2008 uh, my background came on the financing side of things. Dale's came right. from the real estate uh, side prior to that. And some of those relationships are still around today that were developed back then. Right. And and many more uh, strong relationships that have been built since then. So selection of the partners is the next step. Uh, then we get into the architecture of the building. Now, you think, well, you just put up a building, but there's all sorts of uh, rules and regulations from setbacks and everything else that green space requirements, all different things that fit into each unique site. So we have to work with, you know, we have to put our development team and the architects together to draft and approve blueprints for the new construction. Uh, and then we got to bring it into the city and we've got to have the city on board. And we partner with every city that we go into uh, because we want to be a, a shining spot in that community, in that city here uh, locally, we want to be involved. We want the city to be involved, and we want a conducive project that will fit the needs of of all. So again, the development team works with the city officials, uh, adhering to what their requests and needs and wants are, and what can feasibly work. And we collectively work as a group to get those things done. And then every city is a little bit different, you know, down to if you're if you have a, a piece of land that has trees on it, you have to account for those trees. And this, uh, certain cities will say that you have to leave uh, X percentage of those trees. And another community might be different about that. So it, it is, it's, it's always a bit of a puzzle to put together, but uh, we love it. Your point, our slogan is building in a community with the community, because when we go there, it really does. You really do have to become part of that community and work with that city and those officials and them and the uh, residents. Yeah, there's a there's just a lot ponding, uh, parking. I mean, yeah, everything that goes into it, and that's just kind of touching the surface. Once we get through that stage, now we're moving into let's look at our financing stage. What kind of financing are we going to go after? Uh, now we typically do conventional financing, 75, 80% loan to cost, but we're going to secure those bank loans. So we're going to go out to the market. We're going to go to our different banking partners and we're going to evaluate the different offers that they have at the time to determine what the best financing proposal is. You know, what's the duration? Is there an interest only period? What's the construction duration, the permanent uh, turnover duration? What's of course, the interest rate, what's the loan to cost? You know, there, there's a variety of factors that go into that to secure that construction financing. After we get the financing in place and we have that solidified, now we're going to go to the down payment part or the what's called the equity. Uh, 
and we have to decide on the source and structure. Now, the source and structure is going to depend on that project, the timing. Are we going to bring in outside partners? Are we going to do it internally? Are we going to go to the institutional routes? There's all sorts of different routes, uh, and depending on what the you know what the workload is and the, the the project flow of that particular year is as well, depending on uh, you know all of those are dependent upon uh, or the equity is dependent upon. D- dependent upon your your level of experience in this industry. If you have none, that's okay. If you have a lot, that's, that's great too. You might also have heard the term capital stack. That's that talks about who's involved and what their, their capital involvement is and so on. Well, that's the interesting thing is there, there just like any industry, there's so many different terms that are thrown around that mean essentially the same thing. So you can say equity, you can say down payment, you can say equity stack, uh, you can throw out whatever words you want. So depending on your experience or use of the the language, I guess, um, they all essentially mean this, the same thing. Right. So now that we've gotten through kind of those initial stages, which that can take months or sometimes even years, you know, to get that particular project to the piece. Now we're to, to one of the most exciting pieces is the groundbreaking and the, the commencement of construction. So now we're going to hold a groundbreaking event. We're going to have all of our partners out there. If there are investors, we're going to have our city council members, uh, the mayor. We're going to have all of these people come out to collectively kick off the construction of this project and celebrate all of the work that's been completed up until that point. And at that point, either shortly before or shortly thereafter, the construction commences. Now, from an investor standpoint and partner standpoint, this is when uh, progress reporting is going to be Done. Now, something we've developed over the years, and we'll get into this a little bit more, um, but we have uh, an online portal for each of our partners and each of our investors and for ourselves where all of the tax documents, K-1s, your contributions, your distributions, uh, leasing reports, here the progress reports on a monthly basis through construction with images and aerial videos, um, and then also who's on site, what's been completed, what's being drawn on the construction loan, all of that information we give in a transparent manner so people can follow along. Maybe it's something, you know, some people want, some people don't, but it's there and it's available for those that do. As we go through the construction and the construction phase can take, you know, depending on the project size and conditions, could be seven months, it could be 12 months, it could be 18. That all is dependent upon the project. But as we near the end of construction, we get into that pre-leasing stage. So this is where you know people that are looking to rent or move in, they're offered the option to pre-lease in advance of the finished construction. So we kick off, or our operating partners kick off the marketing efforts before construction is complete to start that pre-leasing process. Now, as we're pre-leasing, we're also finishing the construction. And there's something called the certificate of occupancy that's issued by the city when your construction is complete, it meets all the codes, and you're ready to open your doors. Another term for that would be saying going into service. And this is when we, you know, management, the, the operations team starts hosting open houses. They can provide tours, obviously continue advertising, uh, and, and a lot of those things happen through that uh, through that in-service stage. Shortly thereafter, another exciting uh, moment is a grand opening, another chance for all of us to get together, this time uh, indoors. Uh, as the doors are opened, 
Uh, this is again held for partners, investors, city officials. This is something where we all come out. Uh, we have something to eat and drink, and we tour the building and uh, and see the completed product as it's going into service. Through this time, we've continued the pre-leasing, and now we start the lease-up phase. So pre-lease and post-construction marketing come together to obtain and really uh, market to the community and the outside community that it's available and it's ready for move-in now. Uh, at this point, since the building is completed, that online portal that we have each for in an individual investor or partner, the occupancy reports uh, are commencing at this point because we're pre-leasing the building. So the progress reports went through the end of construction. Now that we've completed construction, we switch over to the occupancy report so you can follow along, see the marketing efforts, uh, see who's moving into uh, the building. Uh, you can also follow along on the senior living community side. There's independent living, there's assisted living, there's memory care. You can see who's uh, how many tours and interested uh, people there are, how many signed leases there are, how many move-ins there are for each one of those different categories on the senior side. Uh, that's a very in-depth uh, occupancy report that's provided to each individual. It's it's about providing an extreme amount of transparency. Well, a lot of the information that we provide is information that we use for our own analysis. Correct. And that the bank analyzes the project as well for the financing. And that includes through occupancy as well. These things are provided to the bank. They're provided to us. They're provided to our investors. Uh, we strive to be transparent, open, uh, and uh, and for those that want to be kind of more involved and, and have more knowledge of what's happening, uh, all of that information is right there at your fingertips, uh, whatever hour a day you choose to look at it. As we continue that lease-up phase, we want to get to what's called project stabilization. Now, this is when the proof of concept comes into play. Stabilized occupancy is considered 90%. Your break-even occupancy is typically uh, quite a bit lower than that. And that can vary depending on conditions, but stabilized occupancy is normally considered 90%. And as we get through that stabilization period, we're going to now start looking at or determining our exit strategy. So this is where we have to evaluate the current market conditions, what are cap rates, uh, which are the rate that determines the price that you get when you sell a building, if you were to sell the building. And we have to decide whether we're going to restructure the debt and hold it long-term or if we're going to sell the asset. Now, this happens in that kind of six months following after we've stabilized at 90%. And that's when we're looking at our, our, our exit strategy. Let me add this to the, the stabilization part, because a question that I get a lot is, how can you project this stabilization? Like, how do you know the demand for an area and it's in that word I just said. By doing a demand study, uh, you get a f you get full details on what is needed in the area, whether it's market rate apartments, whether it's some level of senior living. You also then talk with the city. You get you get inside information on what they know. And a real life story is um, in that question that I get about how do you do this and how do you know. Well, there's a there's a community in the uh, Twin City suburbs where I was seeing tons of new construction, apartment buildings, senior living, and 
our development team came to our meetings that we have about deciding on projects and, and said, there's great project opportunity for this particular city. And I brought up, I said, well, I'm looking at a new building every half mile or a mile. What's going on here? Because I think that's what a lot of people will see. They're driving down the interstate. They're driving through their, you know, driving home. They're whatever they're going. There looks like a lot of stuff here. Maybe there's too much. Well, the fact of it was that this city had a 20-year moratorium on no new apartment buildings being built. So what had happened is over that 20 years, the buildup, the demand had just reached this point of where there was such a shortage that even with all the new ones that were being built, they still had a huge demand for new. And so it answered the question. And I think those kind of questions are great for people to ask. If you, if you're wondering about something like that, ask it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it really depends on the com, uh, community that you go to as well. Uh, you're not just building a building, right? I mean, building the building is the easiest part, I guess, when you're in development and construction, right? But sure. you're operating and you're, you're making sure your your sauce, the sauce that you have or your formula that you have, the secret sauce, um, that you don't deviate from that. You don't just put up a building to build a building. Like if we're if there's a variance that it kind of looks, okay, this could and should work and, you know, we're not just going to do it to no. do it. <laughs> no. I mean, there we're going to do it uh, and we're going to build one where it fits our criteria. And if it doesn't, then we adjust our business model and and we have kind of some other things um, that we go into. But uh, in each, I mean, our butts are on the line here as well with guaranteeing the construction debt and being involved from a personal cash standpoint. Um, that's something that, um, you know, is is a collective effort. And we have to make sure we're managing the risks as best as we can as well. So those market demand studies, uh, while a simple few words, uh, there's a lot of credence given to them. And there's a lot of um, foundation to it that, uh, and we don't deviate from that. And we use the the same uh, groups that have done us well and we trust and they trust us. And the formulas uh, has, uh, has worked very well over the years. So now we get a, you know past that exit strategy or what we've determined, and uh, we're through that. We're getting into the distribution phase. So depending on whether we're going to sell the asset or hold it longer term, once we've stabilized our occupancy, there's expected sufficient cash flows to make those distributions on a quarterly basis. And this is all dependent on the deal structure, the asset type, what the occupancy is, was it you know, 92, is it 99? Um, and, you know, we can lay out when we expect those distributions to occur. Uh, and those typically are on a, a quarterly basis. And those will continue until we uh, decide uh, collectively if we decide to keep the asset long term or if we're going to sell the asset. So now, you know, based on a variety of circumstances, if somebody wants to come, you know, if, an, if we're going to keep the asset long term, but maybe an investor wants some liquidity through the refinance is, is a point of liquidity when, you know, they can get most, some or, or all of their capital out. Uh, and then, uh, or of course, on a sale um, is when the capital comes out as well. And we look at, all right, are we going to just cash out? Are we going to roll this over depending on project availability? Um, you know, because the projects aren't always available. It's just not an endless supply. Uh, but that'll determine kind of that reinvestment or that that rollover aspect or, or piece for uh, exiting a project. Uh, 
uh, that's that point of liquidity. It'd either be a refinance or a sale. And that's where we're going to, again, evaluate what's the best use of our cash. Uh, you know, is it to keep it in, you know, depending on the interest rate environment, the bond environment, um, any sort of yield environment, uh, is our money best sitting here and getting these distributions on this asset? Or, you know, like recently we've seen um, a significant uh, competitive environment for apartment buildings, mm -hmm. you know, where your institutional buyers like REITs or, uh, insurance companies or hedge funds, you know, they're, they're competing and they're paying quite nice uh, inflated prices mm -hmm. where they're only wanting to get four or 5% on their money. And that's what they're basing their purchase right. price on. And I won't get into depth on cap rates. We can talk about it individually if you'd like to kind of get into that more, but um, we're seeing a very competitive environment. Now, will that always be the case? Probably not, but that's happening now. Uh, and that's where we have to evaluate it when we get to that kind of cash out stage. Well, let's let's uh, go back to a really key part, which is this client portal. Maybe just cover a few more details of that, and then a little bit more about our background for the folks who are new to us. And then uh, I've got a message at the end here, too. Yeah, I think so. These podcasts are meant to be short and just get the information out there in a relevant matter. Uh, so our portal, we'll keep hitting on this. It's something we've developed with investor intake over the years and suggestions. And it's something we're very proud of to be able to offer a, a transparent platform where everything is accessible from your tax forms to distributions, your contributions, project updates, occupancy reports, uh, videos, images, all of that information on there. Also, uh, being an investor in that portfolio, in in that portal, and having a portal access, uh, you will get first visibility to new projects that come online. Uh, at a potential investment uh, in those as they become available. And that's something that didn't just happen overnight. Again, that happened through investor intake, our own intake, our own uh, taking suggestions and, and building this out over the years. Just like Vincent just didn't happen overnight. Uh, our experience didn't just happen overnight. You can look online. You can go to our website, vincentre.com. Uh, you can see the... Uh, the progress that has been made over uh, the last 15 years. You know, we've got a long-term track record. Uh, we've developed and constructed collectively uh, over almost 5,000 units. And that doesn't just happen by chance. That happens through experience. That happens through failures and successes. And now we're to the point where we do have that long-term track record and we've developed these systems and we want people to be aware of them and give access to where it fits for direct investment into real estate alongside us. And why do we do it? Why do you do it? Why are you interested in this? Well, because of the potential features and benefits that DPRE investing can provide to people. Uh, why don't you hit on those bullets? I mean, one of the main reasons we do it is the strong return potential, you know, building wealth through a stabilized asset you know, something that's a little bit uh, uh, more predictable, you know, to create that steady income. Uh, I mean, when we look at the past, this isn't something that has happened, you know, just in recent years. This is 20, 30 years in the making. Those massive demographic trends are unlike anything in history. Mm -hmm. uh, these aren't REITs or mutual funds. In fact, those are some oftentimes the buyers are REITs. Uh, you know, you have access to these exclusive offerings and local properties where you have the ability to invest 
with the developer themselves. Long-term track record we touched on, tax advantages. I'm not going to get a lot into that because I'm not a I'm not a financial advisor and I'm not a tax advisor. But I can tell you through the accelerated depreciation aspects that some of these uh, projects have to offer can be a significant be- benefit to those uh, that can take advantage of that. And I have personally, and I've seen that firsthand, and that's something that uh, I think is a big advantage. We have a number of different resources and a lot of different websites to provide that. And one of them that I want to direct you to is vincentdpre.com. And that's where you can join us for live webinars, or you can sign up for and do a on-demand webinar of previous ones that we have done, where you can physically see us go through these. One is like this. One one is a webinar like this where you actually see us go through the the process, the life cycle. There's other webinars too that take you through how an opportunity comes about and how you can participate in it and and so on. So there's a lot of resources there to do that. We encourage you to join us for some of those webinars. VincentDPRE.com. As for Ryan and I, we appreciate you joining us for this and we look forward to talking to you soon. Take care. Learn more about Vincent Companies and the Trends with Benefits podcast at vincentre.com or trendswithbenefitspodcast.com. You can also give us a call at 612-424-8650 or submit questions at info at vincentre.com. And we really look forward to meeting you soon.